Oh no, I blanked on doing a Christmas intro. <laughs> I was like, do a big festive Christmas intro and then panic. Hello everyone. Welcome to episode 124 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. Uh, is that a thing that I should care about that just, oh god, someone's at the door. <laughs> What was it? <laughs> I mean, if we haven't just eaten dinner, I might have had it. Is it awkward though? Because he's just handing it to you. Yeah, he was just like sort of. It was a big like you know when they get a big box that's full of stuff, yeah. and he was like, "Oh, Merry Christmas and that," and I'm like, "No," <laughs> but also we should have just eaten anyway. Hello, I still haven't thought of a Christmas intro. I'm sorry, I, I, I tried, but not very hard. Welcome to episode 124 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. As is tradition in the parlour in December, this is going to be our big end of year review. So, you know, charming. I haven't even introduced you yet. Gosh. Expect plenty of spoilers for many, many things that have happened this year because that's kind of what this episode is. <laughs> uh, and joining me this year in the parlour, aka our kitchen, is my delightful husband, Rich. Hello, Rich. Why do you spoil the illusion of the parlour there? Um, I don't think anybody really thinks that I do have a parlour. No, but you could have like some badass podcast studio. Yeah, I don't. Or an office. I don't know, do and I? It'd be lies. The kitchen. It would be lies. Anyway, welcome. Thank you. Um, sadly, our usual tradition of having... Tra- oh, can't I say tradition? I'm not even drinking. I am, but it's Fanta. Um, our usual tradition of being joined by our good Cockney but not really Cockney friend Phil isn't happening this year because he's a penis no because we're all scheduled differently and things and my heart fell over and we didn't have a kitchen floor for a while and <laughs> uh it's been a year it's actually that's only been a couple of months hasn't it it's not even it's now. still been a year though <laughs> um so this year there's no worse film. than last year really yeah. in the grand scheme of things yeah Cool. Yeah, so just imagine that like there's a little cockney voice occasionally saying a band name that sounds made up and is probably spelt with all the wrong letters. And it'll be like Phil's really here. So anyway, Rich, how have you been? Uh not done a lot. Yeah. Since last episode of this, really. <laughs> did we do any dweebs in the last year? I genuinely can't remember. I don't think we did. I think we only saw Duncan once in the last year. Yeah. And we didn't podcast at it because we couldn't be bothered. We just wanted to eat pizza. Mm, that is true. And pizza's always a good idea. Pizza is good. Duncan's now getting married as well. Oh, he is. Congratulations, Dunk. You sexy, proposed, engaged beast. That's exactly how you should refer to him. Well, yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, I think so. I think Ailey would definitely appreciate it. I don't think she would. <laughs> Anyway, it has indeed been a year, but pop culture's still been happening, and some of it's been all right. Some of it. Some of it. So, as I've ever... I've got a weird twitch in my left eye. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> just, like, Can let, you see it? No. Nah, let's not have another health-related situation. An eye twitch is just an eye twitch, though. I don't know. Your eye might fall out. The way this year's going, yeah. your eye, eye might Eye twitches where people have slight muscle spasms because <laughs> your eye is about to fall out. <laughs> Do you remember when my sister's retina fell off? Blech. It didn't fall off, it detached. That's falling off? No, it's not. Falling off would imply that it somehow <laughs> it left. It just popped out onto the yeah. floor. <laughs> uh, it didn't just detach. Like, no. stuff happened. Well, no, she said she just opened her eye and couldn't see it of half of it. It's terrifying, that is. That's hey, let's not terrify people with stories of uh, sudden Blindness. medical issues. <laughs> 
which has kind of been the uh, the story of this year, really. But anyway, should we do? Should we talk about some of our top five pop culture of the year? If you wish to. If not, then this would be a really short episode. It would, yeah. wouldn't it? It'd just be like me going, oh, Merry Christmas, I guess. Yeah. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> I love you. Hey, what do you want to start with? What about top five uh, wallabies? Oh, well, there's definitely th- a wallaby. Yeah. Is that, ah. Oh, is Rocco from Rocco's it. Modern Life a wallaby? Is, is he a dingo? Or is he something else entirely? A dingo? What is he? What's a dingo? <laughs> I realise now that I felt like a dingo was something in between like a wallaby and a kangaroo. No, but, I thought a dingo was like, like a hyena. Is he? Isn't it? Is that why a dingo ate your baby? Because it's kind of like a hyena. Yeah, a dingo is like a dog. Oh no. Oh, I've been massively misled about dingoes. Well, what's what's a Rocco? <laughs> Oh. What's a Rocco? Yeah. What species is Rocco? Is it's what I'm Rocco. I think it's just R-O-C-K-O. Rocco's modern life. He's a wallaby. Oh, okay. Was that film this year or was that last year? Oh, time I don't think it was this year. Blended into it's probably itself. probably 2018. It didn't trouble my top five movies anyway. What actual top five do you want to do? Because I can't even think of a single other wallaby. <laughs> Hang on. When did this film come out? Uh, I think it was 2019, that film. The Rock Hard Modern Life. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, It's up to you. Do you want to go music or TV first? We always tend to go films last, don't we? Yeah, let's go. Shall we go albums and then we can do telly and then we can do songs in between that and movies so it splits up all the music? Do you want to start? Because I'm a kind and gracious host. (sighs) What, we... Music? Yeah. This is bad. This is that admin on, on podcast there, isn't it? What? The order we're doing it in. Nah, it's fine. Hang on. Uh, cut this out. Nah. <laughs> Belting from juice is not pleasant. Okay, so it's been actually quite a lot of good music this year, mm-hmm. I think. Been very odd in terms of... Like, there's a lot of bands that have had stuff out without releasing albums this year, because I think yeah. a lot of people aren't releasing stuff because they're not touring and all that, and I think some albums have probably been delayed and just finally come out as well, so like, you've heard of a lot of singles going around and stuff for a while. But I think, in spite of all this weird bullshit, we've still got quite a few good albums coming out of this. I've just realised it's the first time we've like, sat opposite each other doing this. It's weird, isn't Very it? Very awkward. I don't know whether I'm supposed to look at you or not, but it feels weird oh, and intense. I just stare But where off. do I look? I don't know. Shall I look at the cactus? Do you say boot? Me? I've never said boot okay. in my life. Um... Huh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I love it when we pull in other podcasts yeah. and jokes. Much better podcasts than what me and you Shut up. Out. I um, am great at podcasts. But anyway, so yeah. Um, my number five album of this year is Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast. And that is a good choice. It is a good album, Brett. Um, it is. Yeah, it is mostly like everything I listen to. The rest of these top five is pretty similar as well, where <laughs> it's just kind of jangly jangly indie pop. Mm-hmm. Um, some is a bit more uh, depressing is the wrong word, but you know. Yeah. Low Heavy. or slower than others, but yeah, mostly pretty upbeat, vibrant. Indie songs, couple of couple of slow burners on there as well. I'm really bad at describing music. Me too. That's why I like to get you out of the way really yeah. fast. This is, this is a good point. <laughs> but um, and you might I might mention as well one of the songs I have them again later. Oh, wink, wink. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, my number five was uh, an evening with Silk Sonic by Silk Sonic, which is the. Um, I was going to call them a super group, but it's only two of them, so is it a super duo? A Maybe. super duet? I don't know. Of Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. 
And because I'm also terrible at describing music, I did a little Wikipedia look at, and I, I had a look at what genres it says things come under. Because if you were to ask me, there's like ten genres. There's like pop, R and B, rock, classical, country, silk, funk, like kind of the genre. Well, this is the thing, right? So they had written down in their genres R and B slash soul slash funk. I think that's pretty... Okay, that just, that's what Bruno Mars goes for in general, though, isn't it? Yeah, well? I think that's pretty, um, pretty. what's the word I'm looking for, accurate in terms of describing the album. It's very funky. It's very much an album that if you put it on, you want to do a little dance around your kitchen. The only reason it's number five in my list and isn't high is because it's too fucking short. It, I put it on when it came out. And about 10 minutes later, it felt like it was finished. That's a slight exaggeration. You know what also really winds me up? Go on. Unlike Spotify and Apple Music and stuff, it lists all the songs that have been by Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Oh, yeah. But it's Silk Sonic. And then on, on one of them as well, it says uh, Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack and Silk Sonic. And I'm like, no, no, no. They're just a band called Silk Sonic. That's, really a, that's not going to do with the quality of it. There's a, there's a song about, uh, I think it's called Fly As Me or Somebody As Fly As Me, which is an absolute banging corker of a tune and we'll probably end up on the little playlist that we make of I'll, I'll be honest I really like the first single and then I think the rest of them are just the same they've got a very similar feel mm. and they all feel a little bit like he's sort of a 24 karat magic type stuff but I'm not against that in a year, in a year when I need no, a lot no, of pick me up it's a good pick me up so yeah that was my number five Richard, <laughs> you can just you can just carry yeah, but on. You're the host. Yeah, but you know, like I don't have to. Oh, come okay. On. My next album is <laughs> Home Video by Lucy Dacus, who I don't know if she's been on my list before as a solo artist, but she definitely has a part of Boy Genius. Um, so if you ever listen to this, or you ever listen to Boy Genius, or Julian Baker, or Phoebe Bridges, you kind of know exactly what she's going to be like. Mm-hmm. I'd say she's possibly got the best voice out of the three, but I think a songwriting normally is a bit more flat, but I think this album really like absolutely cracking. Bit depressing at times. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed this album, but it didn't make my top five because I, I didn't have the impetus to listen to mm. it a lot this year. I can get that. Let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> Like a lot of my music listening is done whilst working lately because yeah. I don't commute anymore. And so it is easier to listen to what beat stuff while you're working because listening to them beat stuff while you're working is not good for productivity. No. Um, <laughs> but this one snuck in there, especially like when I was going to some like appointments and trips and stuff. It was something I listened to quite a lot. And yeah, I just think, you know, really good like indie folk more than, more than pop and the others. But yep. yeah, Lucy Dacus, very good. Excellent. My number four was another uh, jolly romp. It was TWRP's New and Improved. I don't know why the album's called New and Improved because the songs are very much like everything TWRP have ever made. Because it's the new song. Sure. I think they got new suits. So TWRP themselves are New and Improved. Yeah, so for those who don't know, TWRP are a band that... Give them the full name. A Tupperware Remix Party are a band who wear, like, costumes and masks and helmets and shears. Um, so, yeah, I think they got new... Like, Com- the last time I saw a picture of Commander Meowch, he looked quite radiant. So, um, with his big cat, glorious cat face. Was he the one who had an album last year, though? No, that was Lord Phobos, Phobos okay. I think. Dr. Sung had an EP out this year, 
I think. After some was either one doing stuff on Twitter as well. Yeah. Like random weird snippets yeah, of stuff. Like yeah. the DuckTales theme tune yeah. down vocoder and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so according to uh, Wikipedia, they are electronic rock slash synth pop slash electro funk slash funk rock. And I think, again, that's pretty accurate because some I'd of the songs... I'd say funk rock is what I class them as. Some synth, of the songs lean a bit rock. more towards... No, but see, some of the songs are very synth. But I mean, if you've ever heard a TWRP album before then you'll know what to expect from this. And if you don't, then it's a good, upbeat, fun, dancey, funky time. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> and it's longer than Silk Sonic, so that's why it's cool. It? I think it's so, quite yeah. short, though, as well. It's also a short album. Again, hence why it's <laughs> towards the bottom of my top five. But, um, yeah, top-notch dance times. Richard, number three. Number three of the year is Let Me Do One More by Illuminati Hearties, who are an indie rock pop band, unsurprisingly. Technically, the solo artist who I had to look up her name, so I always forget, um, <laughs> of Sarah Tudzin, I want to say that's pronounced, who has been around for a while. She's a music producer who is involved with a lot of other people. I think she's worked with Pom Pom Squad um, okay. and that kind of, those kind of bands before. Um, and the previous stuff I had listened to, but never really paid a lot of attention. But this year, I think the stuff is a lot more, fewer songs are more like, Devo-esque as well, which I really like. Um, yeah. Especially, mm, or, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that how you pronounce that? <laughs> I think so. Um, and stuff like that. And then there's, yeah, there's a very, like, um, laid-back surf attitude towards the end of the album, which I like as well, because it's still, still quite upbeat and fun, and definitely something that really used to put on, I yeah. find. Yeah, when you first played me, um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what to make of it because she's got a very distinct voice. Mm. And whilst I was... More so on that song than the rest of Well, that's the thing. I was really digging the sort of Devo style of that particular song. But then I was like, I just don't know know about this voice. But then when I checked out the album, the the tracks are quite different. And she does really play up her sort of accent. Not accent, but like a sort of... Yeah, the way she enunciates, I think, on certain songs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, like she definitely <laughs> talks more than sings, I think. Yeah. Which, yeah, pushes that, that voice through. But actually it made me appreciate the vibe of that song a bit more, I think. Yeah. Um, so I like this album a lot too. I feel like there's there's at least two songs on this album though that I know you have a problem with deep down because they have verses. Now they have choruses that have different lyrics. Yes, that drives me potter. <laughs> it's because I've got a bad memory, right? And so I never remember which way around they come. And I'm also a person, as Rich can attest to who likes to sing along to songs yeah <laughs> the look of pure um, disdain on your face just then <laughs> i saw an amari asshole earlier oh go on where someone went to the cinema with their mom mm-hmm. and the mom started singing along it wasn't a sing along no so she told her mom to be quiet and mom didn't so they just left and yeah. sat in the car outside for two and a half hours see and like amari asshole no you're not your no. mom's an asshole absolutely not see singing along asshole in a <laughs> Singing along in a theatre is only acceptable if you are at a sing-along event. So if you were going to one of those like Greatest Showman sing-along yeah. bollocks. Or, or if you were at the Rocky Horror Picture show. show or something. Because I saw, it wasn't an I'm on the asshole, but it was like somebody whinging about the fact that, oh, they'd gone to the theatre for like the first time since COVID had... I was about to say stop being a thing, but it's more of a thing than ever currently. <laughs> but like since pet places reopened. And they were saying that somebody two rows in front of them was singing along to like the fucking sound of music or some like whatever play they'd gone to see. And I was like, that's completely unacceptable. It's like, you know, when sometimes you go and see a very quiet singer songwriter and people belt out in the audience mm. and they're cunts. You belt out when you're at like a Metallica show. Yeah, no one yeah. can hear you. Yeah. 
unless they're trying to do it imagine imagine how bad you say you sound at a gig I don't have to imagine because I've heard myself before when people are like because Phil has a tendency to record little yeah, videos. Yeah, insane. If you record a gig, you're a knob. Or if you record a gig stood next to me, phone. you are a thousand yeah. percent going to end up with some terrible stage vocals because I yeah I'm not a good anyway. Anyway, that my really number three. detracted there. Yeah, so you you don't like singing along to songs where the chorus has changed because you're stupid. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not because I'm stupid. <laughs> it's a bit because I'm stupid. Hey, my number three was um. If I Could Make It Go Quiet by Girl in Red, which is possibly the most depressing album yep. that managed to make it into my top five. This was listed on Wikipedia as indie pop slash indie rock slash bedroom pop slash alternative. I don't know what bedroom pop is. I don't know what that means. I think bedroom pop is like that lo-fi saying like you could have recorded it in your bedroom. Okay, well, I can see that. I then. think like pavement would be a bedroom pop. Yeah. yeah. But um, Girl in Red is a bird called Marie Ringheim. I don't know how you pronounce that and I'm very sorry and I should have looked it up beforehand. It's really bad hosting of me. And the album is a lot about sort of mental health. Um, she referred to it in an interview as being an emotional recap of 2020. Okay. Which explains a lot about why it's so fucking sad, but it's also like kind of powerful. And there are some of the songs are a bit uplifting. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. There's a lot. There's a sort of underlying message of like you know mental health sucks and everything sucks right now. But there's also a little sort of like, but I'm still here, um, which is a nice <laughs> sort of message to to have. Uh, yeah, I just thought, thought this was a really good album. I wouldn't recommend listening to it if you're in a bad place, but I'd, I'd, maybe it'll help. Maybe it's cathartic. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was my number three, Ricardo. My number two is Parallel Timeline. Timelines. Timeline by. Sloth Rust, not Slow Thrust that you thought they were called. I thought it was called Slow Thrust. I'm sorry. It is Sloth Rust. Both of those are weird names. (laughs) I quite like Sloth Rust. Is it a rusty sloth? I don't know. Or rust caused by a sloth. Anyway. (laughs) um, (laughs) I just did a burp as I was laughing and it was very weird. It's because the singer, uh, I always want to call her Valbaum, but that's someone I know. I think it's Wellborn or something like that. She's in a band called Sloth Box and a band called... um, and then she just, because passing of time, it would have rusted. Oh. Yeah. It's not that interesting when it you It makes really some sort of it. sense, though. Um, many years ago, they did the same tune to You're the Worst. Yes. Which some people might know. Yeah, another indie rock band. A bit less popular than the others, I'd say. More, more on the rock. Yeah. Sides of things. There's a song, I think, with Lizzie Hale as well, which is a surprise that I like, because Hailstorm are fucking garbage. <laughs> Um, don't sugar the pill but they are though isn't they they're absolutely dog shit I don't think I know who they are you you would if you heard them they used to go on Kerrang a lot Um, you know that kind of terrible shit (laughs) but yeah a lot of um, introspective songs I'd Mm. say quite uh, it's not depressing it's not downbeat because the music itself is quite not slow but I'd say it's kind of intense yeah yeah definitely that makes sense I think a lot of their stuff is, um, if you go back as well, I've got a lot of good albums and things. They're a really awkward cover of Happy Together by the Turtles as well, if anyone oh, ever awesome. really wants to check that out. And a quite bad cover of Sex and Candy by Marty Playground, which I don't know why that needs to exist. I don't think I know that song. You do. <laughs> Alright, I do. But yeah, it's my number two, Slotherist. Cool. Well, I think my number two is your number one, so we can okay. jointly talk about it, which is uh, Death of a Cheerleader by Pom Pom Squad. Yeah. Yeah. Did not know of this band until you went, here's some videos, put these in your eyes. And I did, and I was like, oh, it's cool, this. Uh, Wikipedia lists them as indie rock slash grunge. Okay, I'll give you that. Which... Very influenced by 90s um, 
what I would call pre-emo, like like bands like Weezer and that kind of era. The same like to me. I always thought, yeah, like college rock from the mid nineties. Yeah, I was going to say not like recent Weezer. I never said recent Weezer. I no, said nineties like, pre-emo to, band. I didn't want people to think of Weezer and think of their two very boring albums that people came out think year. of Weezer and they think of. Just think of Pinkerton sort of around there and you're probably closer to it. Yeah, no, this was an album that I wasn't like... If you hadn't told me to pop it on, I don't think I'd have ever even heard of it, let alone listened to it. Um, But has become like very heavy in the space rotation of of songs that I annoy people by singing along too loudly. Yeah. My notes just say, oh, it's rad, isn't it? Okay, yeah, so... (laughs) Started off as a solo project by singing Mia, Maya Berrin, and then evolved into a, a full band that is now indie rock, grunge style. Quite, I, I think that some of the best lyrics of the year on this album as well. Yeah. I think lyrically, a couple of songs are absolutely cracking. Mm. Another one that's got a different chorus um, yeah. time that yep. annoys me, that I always get bamboozled at singing. <laughs> Why can my brain handle choruses having different lyrics, but not the uh, verses having I different lyrics, know. but not choruses? Because that doesn't make any sense. You're but, weird. But, um, weird. Yeah, an album as well. I think it's too short. Yeah, I'll give you that. The opening and closing track aren't real songs. No. So, and a couple of the songs are pretty short. Like the cover of Crimson Flower is pretty short as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's still brilliant, and yeah. Yeah. Up there, and then they also re-released their 2019 EP out recently on vinyl, which I picked up, which is absolutely brilliant. Sweet. And then last week she released a cover of Nada Surf song popular, which is better than the original because the original is terrible because people like, can't sing. I don't know that song. Yeah, you know, do you know the band Nada Surf? No, I don't no. think I do. I'm bad at music. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's some songs from your youth that you like, but you know they're not very good. Oh yeah. That's like one of them from me. Loads of them. She massively improved it. Nice. There you go. Right, yeah. your number one is this. My number one was Loving in Stereo by Jungle, which was um, another... This one's listed as Neo Soul slash Funk. They're a dance band, surely. Well, that's what I thought, but I thought, <laughs> because I'm an idiot at music and genres, I thought, I don't want to, I'll just go with whatever Wikipedia says. But obviously, Wikipedia has failed me there. It's two producers, Josh Lloyd Watson and Tom McFarland, who make sort of funky, dancey songs. Um... This is another one where I sort of fell in love with it because of you showing me a video. I am an absolute scoundrel when it comes to eating up videos that have dance routines in them. And, like, all of Jungle's videos are a particular dance troupe. And I'm surprised you'd never seen them before. Me too. Um, because if I had have done, I would have been all over them like a rash on a cheap hooker because it, the, the music's gone. back and listen to the old album? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the music's just, like... Again, it's just really danceable. There's something very summery about that album, even though I think yeah. it didn't come out until sort of like nearly September. Um, Maybe, ish. yeah. But yeah, it's just it's just one of those again, another one of those albums that, that you can put on. A lot dance of songs throughout the year, though, didn't they? Yes, which, which helped. Yeah, they released about four or five off this album, which uh, again I don't mind because it's got lots of cool dancing videos I can watch. I would wholeheartedly recommend people go and watch the videos because as much as I would love people to listen to our playlist that we're going to make that we're going to curate later. I do think Jungle's videos are definitely ones that need to be seen. I think as well it's the same dance troupe in all the videos. Not, not so just for this album, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, or at least majority of the good. same people. There was a, there was one of the... Da- was it Keep Moving or Talk About It? Where there was like a, an instructional video about how to do the dance. And I think I tried maybe a, a two minutes worth of that video and almost died. So... <laughs> 
I'm not good at dance. Lads. Where would you dance in our house? First? Well, I tried in, to dance in our, in our own living room. dance studio. Yeah, I tried. I tried to dance in our living room, but then every time I moved, like an action figure threatened to fall off a surface. So that's why we I ended stopped. up never playing dance center for all those years that much. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was our top five albums of the year each. Click the link in the show notes that will obviously be there to our playlist full of our top yeah. tunes. If you want to feel like Phil was here. Think of something simply. Probably churches. They had an album. Or vaporwave. And yeah, listen to churches. Listen, then you listen to churches. To, to virtues. Let's say churches. We all know <laughs> they're, they're too famous not to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shall we do TV shows? Yep. Can do. Um, you go first this time. Oh, okay. Well, my number five is one that I feel like you're going to have a go at me at <laughs> because it was Squid Game. And I know how you feel about the ending to Squid Game. Um, I. Also, think the ending was a bit weird, but it wasn't weird or bad enough for me to go, oh, nah, and just kick it out of my top five because I think the rest of it was so good. Right. I dislike the ending to my number five as well. Okay. But not as much as I got really pissed off with ending Squid Game. Yeah, the problem with the now, again, as I said before, but just in case, we're going to spoil all sorts of things here. The problem with the ending to Squid Game is that it felt like they were going, we would like a series two, though. And it didn't necessarily serve the right. story. Spoilers. Yeah. Two big things. Uh-huh. Fifteen hour episode at the end where the old man was talking and explaining stuff to you in his bed. Like, fuck off. It didn't need that. I'm not that fucking stupid. I'd already worked it out. So they really bet you over the head with it. And then for some bizarre reason he dyes his hair red and then decide, doesn't decide to go and visit his kid. No, he's just never prick. See, the dyeing his hair red, I understood. Vaguely, because it was like him starting afresh and anew. And he could have had a gone. fucking normal haircut instead of looking like a fucking anime character. I mean, he could have done, but I liked the red hair. But anyway, it was the tur- yeah, it was the turning away from his family on the plane thing. Because I'm like, what is he going to do now? Is he going to go into another shitty Squid Game? What? How is he going to bring? Also, it's Squid Game. By the way, it is Squid Game. Anyone calls it Squid Games? You need to fuck off. <laughs> they don't play a variety of Squid Games. There's squid Game squid is game. one game. Yeah, no, it bothered me because all I can think is is that they're setting this up for a series two, but it doesn't make sense for series two to be him back in the Squid Games because now they're going to be in watching the what? in the Squid Game. No, no, no. In the games. In the games, I'll do. Okay. Uh, it doesn't make sense for him to be there now because they're going to be watching him like a hawk because they know he's going to be trying to fuck yeah. shit up from the inside. So how the Also, why? <laughs> the twist that that cop's brother was the guy. Yeah. Come on. Uh, so that boring. Didn't, that didn't no, because it was too much, obvious. It was weird. If they'd done something else with it, I'd have been well up for it. Yeah. And I think everyone hated the episode where the American tourists appeared. Right, so I've got. I'm torn on that. I do think they were badly acted and badly written, but. I read an article where, like, some people were saying that there, there was a lot of issues around, like, things getting lost in translation and people not quite understanding the director and having those things get like. So people being monumentally stupid means I should enjoy it more. No, I just I'm just saying that there was a lot. more... Uh, most of those guys wouldn't have acted well in anything, no matter. Yeah, what. I do wonder how they got jobs doing anything. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. This is why it's my number five. I was really digging up until the Americans appeared and then I was like, okay, this is still good, but I could do with better actors here. And then the ending happened and I was like, well... Uh, but it didn't bother me as much as it did you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Squid Game. I'm sure everybody who's listened to this has yeah, watched Yeah, everyone it. in the world has watched Anyone Squid Game. Anyone who cares to have watched it has watched it. So, um, but yeah, that was my number five. Cool. Um, my number five, I think, is your number one. Uh, shall we skip that for now? Yeah. Then? 
So shall I just go on to my number four? Or is my number four something else of yours? It I, is. I think your number four is my number one. Okay, we'll skip that okay. for now as well. So now number is your number four. four was your number two. <laughs> she <Shit> off. <laughs> all right. But my next two are on your list at all. Okay. So, my number three, shall we is Kevin can fuck himself. Okay. Which I cannot fuck. I should have written the actress's name down, shall I? Um, yeah. the, the woman from that thing that everyone likes, Shits Creek. She was in that one. She's from she? Kevin can fuck himself. That's what she's from. So. Oh, that too. Yeah, so it stars Annie Murphy playing a sitcom wife whose husband is like a fat, useless slob and like does nothing and ignores her. Ignores her, only spends interest in his friends and beer and football and blah, 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 blah. But when he's not there, it's no longer a sitcom and it's quite a depressing drama about how she is thinking about killing him um, most of the time. So the sitcom itself is obviously dog shit and not funny, and it's supposed to not be funny. Um, but the guy they've cast is exactly like a wacky 90s terrible husband. Yeah. And that's a really interesting concept. I've heard it's got a second series that's going to be the last, and I think that's fine. That's good. I think yeah. shows should sometimes know their limits, but I think she's really good in it, and that helps. I mean, I've just told she's got a second series, so she doesn't kill him. So, I don't, you know, <laughs> massive spoilers here. But, yeah, I think the... Um, the juxtaposition in the tone is quite interesting at first, and after a bit, maybe it could be a bit shorter, but mm. I, I think so some of the episodes I don't need to be close to an hour long, I don't think, kind of thing. Yeah, I think this was the thing that was getting me, is I... This didn't make my top five, even though I did quite like it, because I couldn't tell what it was trying to... Say. Like, after you get past the novelty of the differences between the sitcom and the real world because like everything about it is different like the camera angles are less static the well, it's a drama the it's lighting a different and show. the colouring is just yeah. entirely different um, so it's like after you get past that oh this is like a clever and an interesting concept I sort of got to a point where I was like alright well what now though so I'm quite glad to hear that the second series will be the last because like you say I think some there are definitely some things where the stories should only run for a certain amount of time yep. and we shouldn't keep going, oh, it's been renewed, let's make up something else. Every single CWDC show. <laughs> um, so that's that's quite interesting, actually, because that means then that we're not going to get to a point where like we're chomping at the bit for it to kill him or something, or for something to happen, yeah. because it's going to happen in the next series, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, I, en- I enjoyed it, but it just, it just didn't grab me in the way I think it's grabbed everyone. Because nearly everybody I know who's seen it... Like, nobody else talk about it. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, I follow a lot of like other nerdy films. It's on Prime Video, isn't it? Which, apart from Top yeah. Gear, no one seems to watch much on. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Fair enough. Okay, so um, my number three. So my number three, because we're skipping my four because it's your one. Yeah. was It's a Sin, which um, is a Russell T Davies, I think it was a miniseries, I want to say. It was only like six or eight episodes I think so, or something. I think which is a sort of semi-autobiographical story of um, people in London in the 80s dealing with AIDS. So it's about a, a group of queer friends living together trying to deal with the... Just friends, precisely. Well, I wanted to, you know, contextualise the show. Um, it was it was, it was, was a show that was sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think anybody who hasn't seen it and um, might want to just be prepared with hankies... And whatnot, because um, unsurprisingly, there's quite a lot of death in it. Like almost immediately as well. It doesn't well, I, sugar the pill. I didn't watch this. But I saw no. some bits, and all of it was either people in hospital dying, yeah, or people losing the mind, and people going, "Oh, he's got AIDS." Like, yeah, 
fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, it was heavy. It was really heavy. And I think, like, the other thing that makes it even heavier is having watched it during a pandemic because, like, it's difficult. It, it's always been difficult for me to sort of think about the AIDS epidemic or was it an Do we call it an epidemic? I don't really know. In terms of things like misinformation and stuff, because you think of the eighties as being a time when Pan- the, no, the no AIDS panic was horrible as well. Like I remember people talking about people having AIDS and us all thinking we're all going to, like it being portrayed in the media like we're all going to die of AIDS because of gay people. Yeah. And in this show, like when people got AIDS, they weren't just in hospital or in bed at home. They were in like fucking horrible isolation units. Yeah. Where no one could go and see them dying in pain. Like, yeah, it's, it's awful. But and like, that was happening 30 years ago, yeah. 35 years ago. It's not there was like so a, long ago. a really powerful moment in one episode where one of the the lead character, who um, distractingly has the name Richie Tozer, which is so close to the name Richie Tozier from It, yeah, it's very distracting. Um, but there's a bit where he's just sort of trying to, because he's obviously terrified about potentially getting AIDS, like he's just trying to like brush it off. And, and, and it sort of gives a... It gives a bit of an insight into how misinformation can stick. Because, like, obviously one of the things that's been happening a lot in this pandemic is one person will say something about a vaccine or whatever and suddenly it will take off on the internet like nobody's business. But, like, and sometimes you think that that's just because people are stupid. No, people are. Nowadays it's easy to look into stuff properly. Back then it wasn't. But that's what I mean. It it does contextualise it slightly in the sense of, like, some people aren't stupid. They're just really scared. And they'd rather believe that something is not going to hurt them or that's, that they, you know, whatever. Anyway, it's really sad. It, it, it's kind of sweet too in the sense of like there's like a real sense of like community and friendship running through it. But it is just like, yeah, like a gut punch. <laughs> but it was a really good one. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be showed with awards because everybody in it was really good. And Russell T. Davies is back on Doctor Who soon. Yep. So that's well, a soon. fun 2023, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. Maybe next Christmas. I don't know. I don't know how Doctor Who works anymore. Me neither. I think there's three specials next year. Remember, there used to be a series and some specials. Yeah. And then it all went to weird shit and never, never got back on track with doing normal series again. Anyway, yeah. It's a scene. There you go. Cool. So my number two um, is a show that actually hasn't finished yet and is only about halfway through. <laughs> and could end up being shit. Could. But it's Yellow Jackets, which is a drama series about a group of girls in a school soccer team who get in a plane crash and get stranded in the middle of nowhere. And also it shows you the survivors 25 years later dealing with life and how things are coming back to bite them or, you know, the past is coming back to haunt them, as it were. And the last episode I felt like was leaning more on the horror than I was necessarily expecting, which I'm intrigued by. Um, Some very interesting, almost like Evil Dead-style shots were going on. So, yeah, I don't want to spoil this because I I can't really. Like, the, the start of the show literally... You see someone dying and getting yeah. killed in a trap, and now in flashback, you've not seen that yet, mm-hmm. so we don't entirely know what was happening. It was an impression you know who was in charge and commanding it all. But yeah, so it stars uh, Christina Ricci, Juliette Lewis, Melanie Linsky, and some other people who I don't know that well. The young ones, we don't know. Well, I don't know the adults either, <laughs> to be entirely honest. Um, and then, yeah, the, the younger versions of them. What was that? There was like a a like tinking sound and it sounded like the fridge and I was a bit scared but it stopped now <laughs> but yeah yellow jackets could end up being crap <laughs> I didn't put it on my list because it's only halfway through um, and I don't know if I'm liking it as much as you are anyway because I'm sort of impatient to get to the how did we get to the point that we saw at the start of the first episode 
Why? Because I'm very impatient. You should And be also, that. I don't know if I really care about the nowadays stuff. I just want to see the plane crash bits. <laughs> I, I'm a terrible viewer. I'm enjoying this because it's rare I watch a, a show weekly that's not a Star Wars or a Marvel on Disney+. Plus. That's true. I normally watch everything all at once or it's a superhero shit. Or you're binging. It's on Netflix. I hate binging stuff. You have to Me binge too. stuff because otherwise it gets spoiled for you. Yeah. But nothing sticks when you binge it. Nothing sticks. Yeah, no. Like, I remember loving the first season of Stranger Things and a month after it aired, I'd forgot about it. Yeah. And when a new series is on, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's happened there. But I still remember like watching House every week. Yeah. And couldn't wait for there's, next week and things no like that. There's sense of anticipation or like no. excitement or like... Binging sucks. It's why yeah. Mandalorian I've enjoyed so much and why other things I've enjoyed so much. And it's some stuff that's not even that good. It's not a spoiler to say that like Captain Miracle, whatever the fuck it is. What was it? Falcon and Winter, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Soldier. Perfectly average TV show, but yeah. I enjoyed it because every week you're like, oh, I wonder what happens next. Yeah. If I had to binge that, I'd have given up four or five episodes in. Yeah, I wonder if binging was one of the reasons why I didn't take to Midnight Mass as much as you did. Could have been, because it's very slow. It's really slow, and that's notably so when you watch like six yeah. hours of it in a day. I can hear that. It's a reason I haven't really got into that house on Haunted Hill and stuff, because I don't want to watch 15 hours in a row of boo. <laughs> you say boo? No, I never said boo. Um, but yeah, yellow jackets, watch it. Cool. Uh, my number two, which was your number four, so yep. we can both talk about this, was Chucky. Yes, finally. Yay! Um, Chucky is, uh, I mean, everybody knows who Chucky is. He's that murder doll from Child's Play. Um, <laughs> and uh, this TV show has um, Don Mancini. Mancini? Yes. Well, I say Mancini. Back yeah. in the writing chair, and Brad Dourif's back on board doing the voice, and Jennifer Tilly's in it. Sorry, Don Mancini has never not made Chucky film. Oh, I thought there was one that he was nothing to do with him and it was a bad one. Maybe I'm... The only film he has nothing to do with and he disowns and people act like it's garbage is the Aubrey Platter one, which oh. isn't Chucky. It also isn't garbage. No, it's not. It's, it's pretty fine. good. Yeah. But it's not Chucky anyway, so it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, that's No one else has ever read Chucky. Good point. Um, well, anyway, everybody who's not... Uh, yeah, everyone's back yeah. on board. It's fun as fucking shit. The full-on sequel to the two films that nobody watched as well. Except us. Cause yeah. We, yeah, because we could... I, look, okay. They're really good. Mark, I adore Chucky. Yeah. I think Chucky is one of the best. Like, you know, everybody's always like, oh, who's better, Michael or Jason? And I'm like, um, it's the answer's Chucky. Like, he's funny. He swears all the time. He's a little goddamn asshole. I love, <laughs> love him so much. Go on. And I think Cult of Chucky mm. and, and Curse of Chucky are Really underrated and underseen. And yeah. this film, this TV show, is a full-on follow-up to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if you have not seen characters those in ones. from those films. Yeah, you, I would watch them first. Like, Jennifer Tilly is in it, playing herself, possessed by Tiffany. Yeah. Like, if you don't know that that's happening, that would it's be confusing as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um... Because Tiffany, who did look like Jennifer Tilly in Bride of Chucky... <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, it's just, it's so much fun. It's just a little doll slash tiny person, depending on what scene you're looking at, running around like knifing people or pushing people into dishwashers or like setting shit on fire. It's, it, the, the kids that lead it as well. I mean, the main kid is a dreadful actor, but I don't think I even care. No, it's it's a, it's a cheesy show. Yeah, it's supposed to be cheesy. Yeah, it's um, it's just so much fun. I feel bad saying that it's really fun because I've talked about how many murders are in it. But yeah, but it's what Chucky <laughs> is like. Um, yeah, I loved it. Absolutely. I also like the it. fact that in the flashbacks for like Chucky when he was younger, it's just Fiona Dourif in a wig doing yeah. the impression of her dad. <laughs> yeah. 
um, yeah, it's all. Oh, it's just great. It's just great, great stuff. And I'm, I'm very. I'd be very happy if it gets. I'm pretty sure it's got a second series. I think. Yeah. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Right. Do you want to go for your? My number one. Number one, which was my number four. Okay. Yeah. So my number one is Hawkeye. I am surprised um, by this. I've never given a flying fuck about Hawkeye in the exactly. comics or the, the films, and Jamie Wren is not someone I've ever wanted to watch. But this show is really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like, because it really it's just a superhero show doing superhero shit. Like, they're not trying to save the world, they're just trying to sort out their own little problems. And yeah. um, I don't want to spoil this because I know there's probably some people listening to this that haven't watched it all yet or caught up because, you know, I won't binge it at Christmas or whatever. But do it like Hayley Steinfeld's fucking great. She's isn't it? wonderful. Um, Florence Pugh's good value as always. Is that a spoiler? That's but spo- I think if you've been on the internet though, you know Florence Pugh turns yeah. up at some point. Um, she's not in it a lot, but Vera Farmiga's always good in everything she's ever in. Yeah. And I really like the the creepy stepdad who's not Paul F. Tompkins, but has but that sort look of going. Has that, yeah. yeah, he has that feel about. It. I wish, kind of wish he was Paul F. Tompkins. He would be but, better, but um, then he got boot, but. <laughs> Yeah, Hawkeye was an interesting one for me because I also have never really cared about him in the movies. Um, you like the, the Kate Bishop books more than me, didn't but that's you? The, well, this is what I was going to say. I always liked, I liked the art the, in them, but I never really got into it. I liked the Kate Bishop comics a lot more, and I also really liked the Fraction and Aja, yeah. Aja comic that Aja, was quite yeah. heavily based on. So, like, I mean, Fraction does get. Producer rock credit on this show, doesn't Yeah, it, I, I don't know if Asia does, but that, which is disappointing because yeah. the credits are yeah, very much they do this a, lot in, a thousand percent his style. You know how Marvel and DC work, don't we? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I felt the same as it. The only time I've ever felt even vaguely interested in Renner, and when I say interested, I just felt sorry for him, was at the start of Endgame. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, I just felt a little something for Hawkeye. But like even when Black Widow died, I didn't feel bad for him. Not really, no. Like he's just such a, he's just so blah. But in this, he seems to have much more of a character. Yeah, they're written, and he they're and written with as a person. Yeah. And he and Steinfeld work so well together. Um, I like the fact they've brought in his, uh, his deafness, his partial, his hard of hearingness. I like pizza dogs the baddies. In it. Pizza dogs in it, and he's he's so adorable. I love pizza dog. Um, it's just been really. I can't watch her. What's her name? Who? Echo. Yeah, yeah. What's her name? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't call her Echo in the show. No, they don't. No, I've completely forgotten. But I, but I really like her, and I like her motivation as well for yeah. like what she's doing because it makes perfect sense. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, the only thing that I'm thinking is because there's like one episode left at the time that we record this. I one think. or two, but yeah, I, don't, I, I wonder how they're going to wrap it all up in one. They won't um, because there's a lot there to tie. But so far, yeah, like you. And what I love as well is how Christmassy it is. Yeah. Like it's really leaning into this is our festive show. I feel like it starts the week before Christmas, doesn't it? Something and it's building like that, up yeah. to probably Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, so I can I can sense us watching this like next year at yeah. Christmas. The, ho- the whole thing is like he's coming out, you know, like about Christmas again. Are you there? And I feel like it has to be. I feel like it has to be, and it has to be something that Kate does that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. That sorts it out. But, but anyway, also. yeah, cool. My number one, which was your number five, yep. was Wonder Vision. Yeah. <laughs> I put this at my number one because, as with you and Hawkeye, I couldn't have given less of a shit about Vision or Scarlet Witch at the point at which this show commenced. I, I like Vision in the film. They never did anything, anything with Scarlet Witch no, at all. The only thing they did with her was have her trash that one place and then feel yeah, bad about it. Yeah, but it was a character, I don't think. But yeah, like it wasn't... Yeah, so... 
So first of all, the fact that it made me even vaguely interested in them was a huge win on its part. But I also really liked the fact that it's like a massive departure from a lot of the other Marvel stuff. Like, I know a lot of people had problems with the last couple of episodes because it was like a standard superhero fair. But I'm sorry, the last couple of episodes had witches. Like, fuck yeah, off, lads. Yeah, it wasn't just too well about punching each other in the face. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But what I loved particularly about this was it really allowed Bettany and Olsen to like really stretch their acting yeah. muscles. Like I didn't know Paul Bettany was funny because I've never seen anything else with him. But his comedic <laughs> timing in the like, especially in the early sort of like fifties ish, sixties ish sitcoms, was just so like spot on. And like Elizabeth Olsen, fucking Jesus Christ, goes through the ringer. <laughs> I I think my problem with WandaVision is when it gets into the real world stuff. Yeah. I think it spends too much time with these people who I'm like, I don't care about. Yeah. Like, yeah. not that I have a problem with what's her face, Kat mm. Dennings and, yeah. and Jim from The Office. <laughs> oh, I can't remember the actor's name, no. but we all know. You, yeah. You, yeah. He's in that one scene of The Office. Um, <laughs> but, like, they do spend too much time on them, not kind of well they're kind of running in circles a little bit aren't mm. they the stuff that they do with Monica Monica Rambo is worth it yeah if they especially if they build forward with her because like she's involved with it in the town to start yeah. with so I'm I do s- I do I'm like that assuming she'll be involved in Marvels yeah yeah I would have thought but like yeah the other people I could have done with a bit less of yeah I'll give you that um, more Catherine Hahn that's what I'm all the time yeah. <laughs> she's getting a show isn't she Agatha Apparently, we'll see. They name a lot of things that don't happen Marvel sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so that was why I didn't rank it higher, I think. But I, yeah, the actual intense stuff and all the stuff with, with Wanda and Vision I thought was great. I yeah. thought the resolution to it was great. I thought I thought the end of it, just actually being Wanda and being fucked around a bit by Agatha was much better than what fucking insane stupid series Bellings oh. online come up with. <laughs> Everything's Mephisto. Um, no, I really like the ending, and it actually people like what? No, Doctor Strange should be responsible. I'm like, no, no just come fuck on. off. Like, here's the thing. I liked the first Doctor Strange movie, but it was solidly in the middle of my Marvel like. You mean rankings. Iron Man Magic Edition? Yeah. yeah. So this made me genuinely much more excited for Doctor Strange two than yeah. anything else that I've seen. <laughs> Doctor Strange too is in essence Doctor Strange from Wonder and Wonder, isn't it? That's, yeah, like that's the story. Um, and I'm thing. I'm in, I'm all in for that now because and I loved her new costume and everything about it. it was great. I loved it. I think the one thing it did wrong as well was the Quicksilver thing. Uh, yes and no. They tried to be clever with it and then were genuinely at the end. I think afterwards went oh yeah. Like we could have done something there, but yeah. Didn't. Like if you bring in a Fox X Man, mm. come on. Yeah, just it to should make have it, been how you start bringing in people from that world. Yeah, just make it just to make it like a stupid joke was yeah. daft. Yeah. yeah, but but I did enjoy him in it, which is interesting. Yeah, he's fine, I didn't yeah, really like... he's a bit of a dodgy bloke in real life. Isn't he's, oh, he's I think so. I know he's in a lot of American horror stories, and he's weird in all of them. <laughs> but that's not necessarily a reflection on his actual character. But anyway, that's, so that was our top five <laughs> slightly I, baffling ordered TV shows. Yeah. I also think Telly this year was a bit shit. I watched a lot of stuff that was just alright. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I was like... So there was like a, this top five and then like 20 things that were probably all around about three But there was stuff I watched stuff. every episode of that I didn't actually care about. What, Coyote? What, Coyote? What, um, did you watch that? <laughs> it was on. <laughs> And I can just, I keep watching like fucking Supergirl and shit, and I'm like, no, I just don't care. But yeah, they're I'm on. Up on those now. I've got, I'm not watching any of the CW shows anymore, am I? Not a clue. Don't think so. 
Anyway, should we do our song? Yeah. Top five songs. It's your I don't have a lot to say about first. them. No, I'm just going to sort of name them and tell but you. My number five is Be Sweet by Japanese Breakfast. You've already talked about Japanese talked about Breakfast, yep. so that's fine. So my number five was uh, in honour of Phil Thomas. Uh, he said, she said by Churches. Which <laughs> you is, only uh, said it because of Phil. Right. No, actually, I genuinely really like the song. I know you preferred the one they did with Robert Smith from The Cure, didn't you? That I've forgotten the name of. No. Neither my, my favourite on the album. I didn't say they were your favourite on the album. I said okay. you preferred right. that one. Jesus um, but anyway, for anybody who doesn't know who Churches are, which would be insane, they're like synth pop, electro stuff, and they're very good. Um, yeah, you're number four. Yeah. <laughs> Number four is Valentine by Snail Mail. Um, Snail Mail are, unsurprisingly, a female from an indie rock act. Oh, shocker. What <laughs> a shocker. Excuse me while I get up off the floor because I fell off my chair. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she had an EP or an album a couple of years ago, I it's called. And again, it was just all right. And then, like, second album has absolutely killed it. Um, this and um, I think Madonna and Ben Franklin are the big singles. And I would check them all out if I were you, but Valentine's my favourite. Nice. Uh, my number four was Brand New Shirt by Super Mega. Super Mega are a band slash podcast slash let's play slash comedy duo yeah. thing. They do skits and stuff. Right, um, occasionally they do songs. And read a book. They did write a book. Are we going to get that book? No. I feel like we should get that book. Super Mega Saves the Truth. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be I don't think we're getting that book. I think we should get um, But Brand New Shirt is a song about um, getting a brand new shirt. But it's got and a brand new pants. And a brand new pants. Uh, and a new hat. There's a few cum stains, but there's nothing wrong with that. That legit has a really fucking tasty beat, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I think the fishing one does as well. Yeah, the fish. What's it? What's that? Down to fish. Down to fish. DTF. Down to fish. Um, just really made me laugh. And is also an actual good tune. It's. I love it when comedy music is also a good song. Yeah. Like that's. Like a lot of NSP me. since they got to work on board. Yeah, yeah. well, like um, Lonely Island. Yeah. You know, it's. It, but what about Supermega's greatest song, um, My Two Lovely Uncles? Yeah, that one's not so much of a banger. More of a Nathan song, um, isn't it, I suppose? But if you're not offended by the prospect of two singers stopping yeah. a song to do some drugs, uh, then you'll enjoy it. And if you like Supermega, check out Nathan. Nathan, and, yeah. His Christmas album, number four, has just come out. Your number three? My number three is Hunter's Moon by Ghost. Um, on Spotify I listened to this 483 times this year and I think it came out in July maybe August uh, Rich it was like November no it wasn't no, no it was September I think ready for fucking Halloween to come out in October <laughs> but yeah I was hoping Ghost would have an album all year they didn't they had one song so I listened to it a billion times relentlessly I'm shocked that's not your number one purely based on frequency yeah. listens <laughs> but the others have got multiple songs to listen to so True. it's it a bit but yeah they it's on the Halloween Kills soundtrack um, the version on the credits is not the band version it's like a soundtrack version yeah it's weird I, I still like it but the, the band version is obviously better um, yeah except there's like a bit where there's like a sort of choir that's more noticeable on the soundtrack yeah, version which I prefer no you're wrong but, but only that piece of the song wrong. did you listen to it nearly five hundred times this year uh, no I think it was maybe about 50 well you, you're terrible failed at life and we're going to see Ghost next year I'm very it's excited be good. about that it's going to be good I don't know what to wear because I feel like I'm not goth enough <laughs> goth well you know like, I feel like I should I think people go to ghost gigs though dress normal or dressed as a member of the band. There's no in-between. Yeah. You go as a papa or a girl and that's it. Like wear my Beetlejuice skirt. Anyway. But yeah, Ghost. It's a good song, though. It is a good song. I think that song's on my parlour recommendations playlist Should because be. I think I picked it for Halloween. My number three was Pay Your Way in Pain by St. Vincent. 
This album's cack. What a weird album, eh? <laughs> so this song came out, and I was like, this song is fucking, t- like, top tier. At the time, I was like, nothing's going to top this this year. It's fucking phenomenal. And then she released that other one that I liked a lot. That, had, that I forgot that had the word like sunset in it, yeah, um, which I really liked. And then I listened to the album, and it was dull AF aside yeah. from those two tracks. Yeah. I for- I've forgotten the entire rest of the I album. I don't know what the album's called. Uh, Daddy's Home? And I think I've got a signed version of it on vinyl. I feel like this was the one that apparently she wrote because when her dad got out of prison or some such. Am I making that up? I feel I like that's I'll a good thing. But anyway, it's like art rock, art pop, fancy, good times. Um, the video is really good too. Uh, and this song is cracking, but yeah, don't bother with the album. You don't need to. <laughs> Your number two? My number two is Head Cheerleader, Head Cheerleader by Pom Pom Squad. So we've talked about them a bit already. But yeah, 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 it's the best song of the album. It's also on the pile of recommendations. My end of year playlist is going to be almost <laughs> the same as mine. Uh, recommendations well my number two was Keep Moving by Jungle and I had a real fight with myself over whether to pick this or talk about it Keep Moving's a better song I think Keep Moving's a more accessible song if you were to show it to someone that's why I picked that one I would show songs to people well no if you were to play it for someone I can't, don't listen look at this song look at this song and yeah. you just turn the volume down on, and watch a vinyl I've got a brand new pants <laughs> what was your number one number one is Dover Beach by Baby Queen Baby Queen <laughs> Stop Sorry. messing with I, that pen. It's, it's really okay. awkward. I feel like I need to explain why that was that weird silence just happened, and it's because I've got a pen with a fluffy, fluffy ball on the bottom, and it's really soft, and I was rubbing it on my face. So I'm just going to put, put it. In the I'm going to put it down. Um, yeah, Baby Queen would have been in my top five. She's released a real album this year, but she just released a mixtape. Got new. Hopefully, album coming out in the new year. Nice. But yeah, it, Baby Queen, another female front in pop act. Um, a <laughs> bit more synthy and like popular than the other acts that I've talked about. But yeah. Cool. My number one was How Am I Still Alive by Lauren Hibbard with Lydia Knight, uh, which was listed on Wikipedia as Slacker Pop. Okay. I don't really know what that means. Lauren Hibbard is 100% influenced by Wheeler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was like a folksy act, and then she heard 90s college rock and realised, oh, you can actually write songs that you just say what's happened. Um, yeah. And yeah, started writing this kind of music. But this song was one because again, she's somebody who's only had an EP out this yes, year, which is why did. it didn't sneak into my list. But again, it's another one that I'd listened to that EP quite a lot. And an EP that was cut like a cabbage and got a variety of cabbage-related merch that I got along with it. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know what that's about. It's very weird, yeah. but I, I kind of like it. I prefer Blair though. I thought you would prefer Blair. It's fun to say. It is. Blair. Um, but yeah, that that was my. Lonely bird, yeah, another one. If she'd had an album, it probably would have been in my list. But yeah, there you go. That was our top songs, songs. people. Songy song songs. So we're heading over to the movies now, and I'm just going to say again for anybody who might have tuned in an hour into a podcast, which would be fucking weird. Yeah. That there's going to be spoilers. Yeah. Here be massive, but especially about one particular one that I'm itching to talk about. Itching. Okay. So um, do you? Want I think to- I know which one. Do you want to start, good sir? Okay. Or is it my turn? My number five... I went first last time. You go first. Okay. Well, my number five, I don't think he's on your list. Uh, it was Godzilla vs. Kong. Not on my list, but I did very much enjoy it. This was a film that... So we watched... I hadn't seen most of the Godzilla or Kong movies that... You hadn't seen any Godzilla films till this universe. year. I'd seen... All I'd seen... You'd seen Kong, Kong Skull Island? Yes. And you hadn't seen Godzilla or King of Monsters, had you? No. Okay. So, no, wait, that's the wrong way. I'd seen King of Monsters, 
but I hadn't seen Godzilla or Kong Skull Oh, okay, really? I was, okay. yeah, uh, a baffling way to watch films. Um, so, and I wasn't, I wasn't convinced I was going to love this because... I adored Kong Me of either. Skull Island. I just thought it was going to exist. Yeah, I adored Kong of Skull Island. I think everything about that film is great fun, even though there's giant spiders in it, which I could absolutely do without. Um, but the, the two Godzilla movies are like average to alright at best. I, Too long and boring. I like a lot, a lot, uh, half of King of Monsters. <laughs> I think Godzilla is boring and the film is about Aaron Johnston trying to get back to yeah. his missus Elizabeth Olsen yeah, it's not about Godzilla it's, it's so dull I could, and I couldn't care less about those two characters if I tried like nothing in that movie made me give a shit um, so I, with this I was thinking oh, it'd be alright I suppose lads it's a riot <laughs> I had such a good time with it like it's fun it's a bit silly it knows it doesn't make any fucking sense really but it leans really hard into the right. massive spot the territory here. Mecha Godzilla turns Mecha up and then beats him up. Turns up and fucking Kong hits him with a fucking radioactive axe or some shit. I was punching the air because it's one of those things where, like, I feel this way about comic movies sometimes where you think the source material is silly. Why are we trying to make it a yeah. serious business? It doesn't always need to be a serious superhero business. So this one is just like, fuck it. We're going to somehow go to the centre of the like, earth and there's like Pokemon if, dinosaurs there. If, if everything <laughs> is so serious and down to earth, but a bloke for some reason dresses up as a bat to beat up criminals. Honestly. <laughs> come on. I love the Dark Knight. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But come on. It is, it is daft. Whereas this was like, I don't know, we used the bones of an old Godzilla to make a mecha one somehow. We're moving it with our minds, I guess. I don't know. Who cares? And I'm like, do you know what? Not me, because I am having a whale of a time. There's like a big robot double monster showdown in like, who, against who, the like, neon of Hong Kong. I don't know. I don't think any people are in it. I'll, I'll be honest. Alexander Skarsgård. If you told me no people are in this film, I believe you. Yeah, all I can remember is monsters being pretty badass. Monsters were being bad. Skarsgård's in it. And that bird who we liked from that horror that we liked. Oh, God. Stace. We watched a film where a lady lives near a lake and, and her husband died. And, and Rebecca Hall. Rebecca Hall. Okay. There you go. What was that called? I can't remember like called Night Lake film. or something. It's not called Night Lake. Lake House. No, it's not called uh, Lake House. Lakey Woman. Lakey Lakerson. Woman by the There we go. But Rebecca Hall was in a film this year, and it was all right. Watch it, people. It's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty spooks. Uh, but yeah, Godzilla versus Kong absolutely had a whale of a time. Merry Christmas to me, Rich. What was your number five? Right. Pretty similar to Godzilla vs. Kong in tone and what it's about was um, my number five is Lamb. <laughs> yeah, exactly the same. Exactly the same. <laughs> so it's an Icelandic film by uh, Vladimir Johansson. <laughs> a couple of farmers in a very, very remote. By so remote, no, they don't live by anyone. No. They have some sheep. One day, sheep give birth to a little lamb. Something wrong with this lamb? You don't really see the lamb for a while, but they take the lamb in the house, look after it. Some years go by, a couple of years maybe. And um, yeah, you see him out with this lamb and like the lamb is an actual like human, but with a lamb head and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And they've just raised it as a kid. Um, <laughs> that's the story. Yeah. So the thing about this film for me, because it, it didn't, it, I, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it as much as you. What got me was, so the, 
the sort of premise of the film is that this this pair of either lost a kid or been failing at trying yeah. to have a kid, um, which sort of semi-explains why they accept this absolute nightmare lamb baby into their lives. But, like, it was the reactions... Like, I couldn't I couldn't get past the fact that nobody at any point... Like, like at one point, you get introduced to, like, a brother. I can't remember if it's her brother or his brother. His brother. He tries to sleep with her. Oh, yeah, of course he does. Yeah, gross. And he's just like, what the fuck is that? And then moves on with his life. And I'm like, no, he I'm sorry. He doesn't move on with his life. It's a lamb baby. He does not move on with his life. No, but he doesn't act like... He tries to kill it. He does try to kill it. But, like... I I'd get know. rid of the brother because of it. Nobody seems to question where it came from. Because, like, no offence, if, if we if you rocked up and, one day... I don't know and where it like, came from. You find out where it comes from. And no, know. we do. Because doesn't like a demon goat man do a sex on the maybe the the one of the sheep? But like they don't know that at the time, so they yeah. But that's not the world that they live in. Okay, well that that's the problem though. I couldn't grasp what world they were living in because it seemed like a very normal world when nobody was going. A lamb, a lamb kid was born, so it's not a real world stage. But that's a Godzilla appears. You know, yeah. I'll have that. No, the thing that bothered me about this was, like, if, if we... If I we thought I was going to talk about why I like this film. Yeah, and no, then sorry, you're no, talking I'll about why up. you dislike it instead. I'll, I'll shut up just after I've said this. All I can think is, if if we lived on a farm and you rocked up one day and you were like... Here's no, don't, don't say what you're about to say, because I hate this. This is one of those Twitter things that people say. What, that... Oh, did you fuck a lamb? Well, no, I'd just be like, someone's been fucking our sheep. No, so that's, not necessarily it doesn't matter, you. right? That's what, not what the film's about, anyway, though, is it? It's not on. what the film's about. Well, well tell me. Right, like, like, pig, so like as well, like with Pig, like it's not about what's actually happening. Right. Yeah, but it's not about what's happening. It's exactly what I'm fucking saying. Like, Lamb is about a couple who are having struggles and, you know, this child appears and they raise the child and care for the child and it's about their relationship and... And that, and I really like it, and I really like Naomi Pass, so that helps. She is good. But yeah, lamb. Pig, pig was number six, to be fair. If you want to know what, watch another animal related film this year. Yeah. Where Nick Cage cries about a pig. But. Pig, I liked pig more than lamb. So, you're number four then. <laughs> My number four uh, is your number one, I think. Okay, we'll skip so that I then. So I don't want to say it yet. Should we get to my number four then? Yeah. My number four is um, Centre. Which Cracking. is a British horror film about a woman who, in the 80s, works at, uh, I assume it's the BBSC. BBSC. don't know if it was called that then. Um, censoring video nasties and a variety of things. Also, her sister went missing when she was a kid, and she's going a bit mental about it yeah. and having visions. This is a film I don't want to spoil, because I don't think it's been widely seen. Mm. But also, it's difficult to spoil, because I'm not entirely sure what happened. <laughs> right? Uh, um, it's good though yeah it is good it's, it's really very good, good. The, the last sort of 20 minutes are like what yeah <laughs> so it's like a slow burner a bit like um, Barbarian Sound Studio the Toby Jones film which was a bit like weird where people were working on films and then stuff starts happening so in this is parts where you're never quite sure if actually she is correct or she's losing her mind yeah and it gets very creepy and very weird i really like the way they use the um ratio of the film as well it changes yes. ratios at different times depending on what it's doing and yeah and i believe it's on prime video now so oh, cool. i'd definitely check it out we should watch it again because i liked it a lot yeah this was one of those films which is another one where i hadn't heard anything about it and you were like we're watching this today so it's like cool. nearly every film we watch i know i considering i live on the internet i know very little about anything that's coming out but yeah, it was one of those films that, like, yeah, I took me by surprise in a very, very good way. Um, it's very clever and well made. Like you say, things like the ratios and the, and the way certain bits are filmed compared to other bits. 
And yeah, I would wholeheartedly also recommend it. Your number three, then? My number three, I'm not sure is in your list, because I can't see your list anymore. No, it's fine. Uh, was um, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> so there's a bit of a theme going with films that I've enjoyed this year, which is films that have made me do a big cheesy grin from ear to ear. Because it's been a year where I've needed a laugh and a smile and a fun and a good time. And the thing about Mortal Kombat 2021 is... That again, it is unashamedly Mortal Kombat. It's like, yeah. look, we get, I mean, it's not even set at the tournament. They don't even get as far as the tournament, but still, it's literally just like, it's going to be a lot of fights. We'll do the fatalities and the special moves, and we'll say things like, your soul is mine, and we'll say things like, test your might, and you'll punch the air because you recognise that reference. And, um, and it was you pretty good. You say, get over here. You say, get over here. And uh, <laughs> the character never speaks English, yeah. and then randomly goes get over, get over here. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I loved it. And what I love about it as well is that it doesn't fart about. There's no. like a, there's like a bunch of fighting and a murder within the the cold open, and then it's like oh then we'll cut to a UFC fight. But then, then it's we'll the same with the it's most boring character, but yeah. quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Kano, Goro's absolute in highlight. They bring Goro in. They bring Goro in. Melina's gross looking. I love it. Um, everything about it just was just like, yeah, this is what I want. Like, the only thing you could possibly say about it, or I could say about it, that is not great is some of the effects are rough. Oh, but, yeah, but I, I enjoy that. But I was going to say, I didn't I didn't even slightly care because I was having such a fun time. I watched it three times this year already. I love it. I really love it. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Put it in your eyes. I can't be excited for a Mortal Kombat 2 if they do one. And I kind of do want the Miz to be Johnny Cage. (laughs) (laughs) People take that. Go on. What's your number? Number three, I believe, is your number two. Uh, Malignant. Oh, yeah, it is. So, might as well talk about it now because that's coming in order. Let's do it. So, I'm not a James Wan fan. Some of his films are all right. I like the Kundalini mostly because of the character more than the horror. Yeah. Not a fan of some of his other annoying schlocky bullshit stuff I genuinely don't know why I wanted to watch this <laughs> I think it was yeah, just yeah. like oh people were like this is fun and I was like oh I'll watch a horror film and it is fucking bonkers brilliant like absolutely bonkers like I've saw some reviews that go oh this takes like an hour to get to the no the no. first ten minutes is insane the cold open is mad yeah and then it and then it immediately kicks in with some actual crazy and then continues with that until it goes full-on bonkers. So, the main character, played by Annabelle Wallace, I believe. I don't, actually name. don't know. Um, <laughs> like, he starts having visions of murders happening mm-hmm. and places she's not at. Yeah. Um, and so she starts thinking, oh, what's going on here? Like, And then people think maybe she's doing the killing. And there's bits of this film you think she's just doing the killing and she's a bit of a schizophrenic and you know it's one of them. Yeah. And then, massive spoilers, but we're going to have to do it. Yeah. You find out she's got a parasitic twin living in her brain that peeps out of the back of her head and stops doing it. It just peeps out? Yeah. (laughs) What I loved about this was they went full commitment to that bit and they hired a contortionist to do sequences where she's walking backwards and, like, contorting (laughs) around and stuff because it really sells you on the, oh, the back of the head's in charge now. What you find film? it when she was a kid, she was like a conjoined twin and they tried to detach it and it went wrong and all this kind of weird shit. And it's just, ah, oh, it's so good. It is brilliant. Like, what I loved about it is that 
I can't t- I can't tell in parts whether James Wan was going for something a bit more serious. No, I don't think he was. Because I think there's I some bits with the police was. where it feels like it's going for a little bit of like I think he was trying drama. to make you think that. Yeah. Until it pops out. Yeah. Because and then-, <laughs> then when you actually see the flashbacks to where it's growing out of the back of Red when she was younger, it's so insane he oh, knew what he was doing. Absolutely bananas. Completely nanas and I loved it. Like I th- I actually genuinely think because like me and you aren't the kind of people that like hoot and holler at films, but I genuinely think when we were watching this, we were both like, "What am I looking at? Oh my god!" <laughs> like it was absolutely nuts, and that's what you want from a the film. F- I think it? the film was well really built up with you thinking. I think I think I think a twin's going to come out the back of red, like because she kept grabbing the back of red, it kept bleeding, and then it kind of hinted enough that you were like. I think she's got a face in the back of her head. And then when she did... Do you know what? I didn't even take oh, that at all. My whole thinking the entire time was, oh, it's just going to be like a conjoined twin still in her head. But nah. she's not... Like, I was thinking it was going to be like a voices in the head kind of taking over type thing. It was only when, when she's in the police station and the the other half phones the policeman and that throws you off because she's obviously just sitting there not talking on a phone. And, uh, and the killer's doing like a, oh, I'm going to do a murder later. And... Uh, I don't remember the actual... I'm paraphrasing. But I was like, okay, now I don't know what this is. And then, like, fucking 20 minutes later or whatever it is, and she's in a fucking... She's in a holding cell, and this thing just pops out the back of her noggin and just cracks on with being nuts. It's so good. It's really good. I loved it. We should watch that again, too. (laughs) So, that was your number two, then. It was, So, my number two was The Green Knight. Good, good, good film. Which... It's hard to talk about because not a lot happens. Yeah. But also it's phenomenal. <laughs> like So in essence, is it Gawain? I forget the pronounce it in the film. Yeah. Gawain. It's pronounced unlike I pronounce, I Yeah, I was gonna say because I always Garwin. Garwin. That's how yeah. I pronounce it. Like one of um the Arthurian knights. Yeah. Gets challenged over some bollocks at the beginning. Like the story's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Because then he goes on um a hero's journey. Yeah, a hero's journey where he's not really heroic. I think he shits himself a couple of times and he jizzes himself at least. He has once. a real hard time of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. then it doesn't even have a good end. It's about a man trying to find a purpose, isn't it, really? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if he does. <laughs> but like, Dave Patel's brilliant in it. He is. Um, it's made by David Leary, who also made um, a ghost story. So if you've seen a ghost story, it's got that kind of slow pace to it where like sometimes you're just watching it for a bit going is something going to happen yeah but like it, it's just weird routine from beginning to end I, I was going to say this was the thing there are like extended periods where it's just like him on a horse trotting along <laughs> or like him struggling through some mud or whatever but like every sleeping. ounce of it I'm just like I'm staring at like this is great this is and I couldn't I couldn't tell you for why because I but something about it was completely enthralling <laughs> like it's just it's beautiful to look at a lot of the shots and the colours and the oh yeah the whole the whole spectrum of it is great yeah it's it's a really good film yeah I, I liked that film a lot too the film I wish I'd seen it at the cinema but it was on for one day or some insane thing yeah. over here like they weren't going to release it because of COVID and they didn't want like they didn't want it to fail and then it ended up just being I think it was on HBO Max one day now it's on Prime Video and I'm like this is a film I'd like to see at the cinema at some point in the future if Me we too. ever get back to normal I hope and I mean I don't know if this is ever going to be a thing but I hope when cinemas are able to be more of a thing again in the future the electric that, reopens and shows all these things well that just any cinema shows a lot of the stuff that we missed it in 2020 know, and 2021 like the big ones will carry it and trying to make as much money as humanly possible by just the same yeah. old shit maybe we can rent out the electric and, uh, if it ever reopens it's, someone bought it 
Yeah, but it's, it's going to be real. Yeah, but it hasn't been, has it? Well, no, because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> but someone's bought it. And then we're going back thing. into lockdown next week, probably. Oh, probably. But Shut up. Do you want to do your number one? Because that was my number four before we do my yeah. number one. Um, so I reckon, apart from your number one, this is the film most likely everybody listening to this has seen is June. Yeah. Which is, it's June. That's, it's June. It's about sand and stuff, in it? <laughs> Reductive. But <laughs> Denis Villeneuve is, like, all of his films, I think, are fucking masterpieces. And this is yet another one where this shouldn't work. Like, the original mm. film didn't, and the book is a very odd book that I've tried to read, but I cannot um, just get through or give a flying fuck about it. But this <laughs> this somehow made me give a flying fuck about it. Um, it also made me not hate Timothy Chalamet, which is a change. That's a feat. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know what else to say about it. It's just beautiful. The thing thing that I really liked about it, because I was worried about June going in, because I've not read the book, I've not seen the previous film, I've not seen the little telly mini-series-y thing that they did. So I knew absolutely shit all. And all everyone kept saying about it beforehand was, I wonder who's going to make it not confusing and not too political and like not bamboozling. And I was like, I, I'm easily confused. And I, especially if there's like politics it's one of the many reasons why you know you know how a lot of people dislike the star wars prequels because they're like well they're not very exciting like to me it's just because there's so much like political crap that i can't keep track of that i just don't care i, I don't i, I like the fact though that dune starts and it's part one yeah. like it's like fuck it this is not being like a one film and then hope we'll get a sequel yeah but like, so what I liked about it was the fact that I watched it and I fully understood what was going on. Um, and I think, I think what they did, the way they've adapted it, again, I don't know fully because I've not read the books, but the way they've adapted it is such that I don't feel like the politics was confusing to me. It was very no. clear whose motivations were what and why. And like you say, it was just beautiful. And like I- the sense of sort of like scope and scale. The thing I like about it, the whole of June actually, is they've got all these weird and wonderful names in this universe, and the hero is called Paul. And his mate's called Duncan Idaho. (laughs) Duncan Idaho feels like a placeholder name that Frank Herbert never changed. But yeah, (laughs) Timothy Chalamet's very good in it. I always like Rebecca Ferguson and Oscar Isaac, so that helps. Yeah. Jason Momoa's in it for a bit. He's a good David in it for a bit. Like, there's a lot of good people in this. Um,. I think it's Stellan Skateboard, isn't it, as well, who plays the um, Baron? Don't, don't do that. What? It's Stellan Skarsgård. No, but it's a... Uh, it's get made bit, isn't it? Is it? I yeah. don't know. I don't listen Sorry. to that um, I thought you were just being a bit... No, no, no. <laughs> and then, oh, I can't remember what his name is. I'm looking it up. David Dasmaltian, who I like in a lot of things. He was also in a very other good film this year. He played Palkin and Dot Man. You know, oh, he did in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, it's June, so like yeah. amazing hands in my score. <laughs> yeah, that's standard. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good. Yeah, I really liked it. I was anticipating either being bored by it or confused by it, so I was very pleasantly surprised. A lot of people have been complaining as well about like the uh, the trailers before. I know, why is it all just like you know? The, the one valid complaint against it is that font on the poster says Dunk. It does say Dunk. Yeah. I don't know why they made it say Dunk. That's so stupid. Unless the whole film is secretly about Duncan Idaho. But he's dead. Isn't it? Oh, you ruined it. You ruined it. But anyway, yeah, I agree that Dune was very good. It would have been higher up my list, I think, if I hadn't had so much goddamn fun with everything else. That's, that's... Fine. I mean, all my films, I think, I mean, Malignant isn't depressing, but it's not fun, fun. But it is fun. No, it's really but fun. But the other films are quite slow. Yeah. <laughs> but, slow and normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, shall we talk about my number one? What's your number one, Stace? It's uh, it's Spider-Man No Way Home. 
Never heard of it. Never heard of it. No. Never even I don't think anyone's seen it. I don't think anybody has. This is going to be like spoiler fucking central. Um, Right, if you're listening to any geeky podcast and you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home, you're an idiot anyway. But this is why we're telling you though. We're telling you. (laughs) This is why I wanted to save it till the end because then you can just cut this off here. Yeah. And come back later. I was annoyed about Spider-Man No Way Home before we went to see it because it seemed like every man and his dog, including people from Marvel, like Kevin Feige and stuff, wanted to ruin every possible surprise that could be in this film. And I thought, how am I going to enjoy this even a teeny bit going in, knowing that Maguire's going to be in it and Garfield's going to be in it? And at this point, I'd found out Matt Murdock was going to be no, in it. No, 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 no. Like, the, worst, the worst thing is the trailer has Doc Ock in it. The trailer has, has Doc Ock in it. It shows a Lizard pumpkin bomb. It has Sandman in it. Yeah. Like, like even if I knew they were going to be in it, I hadn't seen them in it. But yeah. I had. Yeah. I had seen them in it. So I was genuinely, when we went to see it, I was excited, but there was also a part of me that was like a bit disappointed already because I was like, oh no, this is just going to be like a... Yeah. And then it turned out to fucking blow my tiny nerdy mind. Because even though I knew nearly everything that was coming was coming, they did yeah, it in such you a don't. way. Like, you still don't know what the film's about. Well, that, that's the thing, because like, I thought the trailers showed too much, because they show you a lot of what happens with Doctor Strange, but that's like the first fucking, I don't know, 30 minutes of the movie you found. But I, I think the trailers do make you think that like Doc Ock, yeah, at the end, on that bit, that's the big fight. Yeah, and it's, it's not. not. Um, Doc Ock's not even really a villain in this. No. What I thought was great about this film was that it was fan service and there was a shit ton of villains, but somehow they made it completely work. Because I know one of the big problems that people had with Spider-Man 3 was everybody was like, there's too many villains, they don't focus enough on what's... No, but the problem is when you put loads of villains in who are all new, you've got to do if it's just two you, of them, yeah, exactly. You've got, you've got to go through like their powers. Like, you've got to... If you're going to, like, Spider-Man 3 should have brought in Sandman, but it's like Eddie Brock in it. Yeah. No Venom, Eddie Brock. Yeah. Then at the end, oh, he's, he's a he's symbiote. A bit, he's a bit symbiote. Or whatever, but they didn't. And that, that's the, where this didn't introduce anybody you didn't already know. Yeah. At all. And what I liked about it as well was they didn't linger too much. So, because I know a lot of people are saying, oh, God, I can't believe you have to watch all of these Spider-Man movies before you see this one. Well, yeah. But also, I think there's enough info in that film to... They spent all of the films made a footload of money. Yeah, that's true. So, th- what I loved about this film is that it made me laugh, it made me cry, bits of it genuinely had me like grinning from it. Like, if, if I hadn't have had to have worn a mask the entire time, you would have seen me like absolutely buzzing. I could not get enough of this film. Like, it, it flew by, it didn't feel like we were there for like two and a bit hours or however long it's supposed to be. How long is it? It's too long. Didn't feel like that at all. I still think Tom Holland is the best Spidey. I think he's he's just great. Loved seeing Maguire and Garfield, even though I still think and uh, Toby Maguire looks like he's constantly about to sneeze. <laughs> he's always got that slightly look on his face. This is a podcast; nobody could see the face no, that I just did. Yeah. But like, I was expecting a lot after Far From Home. My expectations were high, and I think this exceeded right. all of them. Um, I have been surprised twice in Marvel films, all of the Marvel films. Yeah. Once was uh, Trevor Slattery. Trevor Slattery, yeah. Um, and then second was, they killed off Aunt May. Shit, yeah. I, when, when like, shit was happening, I was like, oh, that should be all right. Yeah, it should be fine. And she fucking died, and I was, they've killed Aunt May off. Yeah. I, that 
was one of the parts where I cried because it was a genuine about, surprise to me. Well, yeah, the thing about Marvel movies is, and I and I love them. I'm not I'm not like picking, but the stakes are often quite low. You know, even in Endgame, only like what yeah. three people actually died, and so one of them was sort of dead already yeah. anyway. Like it, you know, there wasn't a lot of Endgame. You know, Iron Man or Cap were dying. Yeah. Like, there's no way it wasn't one of them. Yeah, like, 100% one of them. In this, there's there's never a hint to me... No. ...like, that this was going to happen. Yeah, didn't didn't think even so. They could have killed off one of the kids and I'd have been less surprised. Yeah. Could have killed off Happy, like, I'd have been less surprised. Yeah. What I really like... Now, I know the reason this didn't make your top five was because you weren't so keen on the ending. No, it's, there's not enough JB Smooth in it. There isn't enough JB Smooth in it. One that, scene. that is true. One scene. That is very true. But like, I quite liked the ending because it feels like there's no like sort of a, a clean slate. I'm fine with that. I, I don't want to go into. It. I don't want to slag off stuff. You did that enough for me earlier. I'm Sorry, I, I just I just didn't get lamb. I just didn't get lamb. Um, like everything about this, everybody was bringing their A game acting wise. It looked great. Doctor Strange was great. I know you're not Benedict. He wasn't in it much either. He wasn't in it as much as the trailers made you think he would be. And I just, like, there was was just something so, like, pleasing about seeing three Spider-Men. Like, it felt felt for the first time like this was a Marvel movie that really was giving it the welly on the comics side. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but it's one off, definitely. it, It felt like this one was like, look, we know comics can sometimes be a bit nuts. So here's three Spider-Men fighting, like, six villains. What I like as well, it wasn't wasn't three different Spider-Men. It wasn't like it got to a point where there's a series of films and we've got Spider-Punk and Spider-Pig. Like, like we saw into the Spider-Verse. They're all different Spider-Men. These are the three Peter Parkers with the exact same problems going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're they're all the same person, in a way, in it. You know, there was some really touching moments and some really funny bits. One terrible wig. Who's terrible? Ned. Ned's terrible. I'd forgotten about Ned's terrible wig. Oh, just let him be bald in the universe, <laughs> lads. It's fine. It's fine. I, I think the bald is makes him look too old compared to Tom Holland. He's probably why they're not going for it. Maybe I don't know. Um, there's rumours online that Tom Holland might be signing on for three more Spider-Man. Well, maybe Pascal already has that, isn't The trilogy is well, I don't know. But if but if there is, I'm a hundred percent dead. The three Spider-Man movies are now my three, my top three Marvels. <laughs> That's insane. Um, but I, 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 it's not it's not better than Far From Home. I th- I personally think it was, but I think it's because for me, like one of the things I like about superhero movies and Marvel movies in general is that feeling of like, oh my god, it's like a comic on the screen. And I think aside, like I haven't seen a film that's made me feel like that since Deadpool where I was like punching you in the leg and getting very excited about the fact that Deadpool was on the screen and it was perfect and amazing and funny. I think uh, for, like we've seen Far From Home probably 20 a times. A billion times. Too many times. No Way Home is something we've seen once at the cinema yeah. and you punch in the air because I can't believe this is happening. I can't say that will hold up like Far From Home does then can I? Yeah I was going to say I don't know how much it will be rewatchable. Uh, maybe I'll change it's my like, tune. One of my favourite things about Far From Home we all know Mysterio is a villain. Yeah. And the film doesn't wait till the end to do a twist. It gets there over a bit halfway through. And it's an interesting twist. It's not just he's a bad guy. Yeah. Like, there's a reason for him doing this and stuff. And it still works now. So, mm. it doesn't matter though. I like No Way Home. I, I, I loved it. I, I don't know whether, like, it being the first film we've seen at the cinema since February 2020 has helped Could it as have. well with my excitement. I mean, that was supposed to be Jackass 4. It was. Yeah. But there was like there was something about I'm not normally one for like noisy audiences, but I've got to say I did quite like that people were getting very excited about like 
people turning up and spooky like horrible things happening and people were like gasping and stuff like it made it felt like an actual like community experience of which we've had precious few yeah. <laughs> uh, this past like two years now yeah. so yeah like I just I, I would I, I feel like go pe- and see people were blatantly more surprised about Matt Murdock being in it than they were about Spider-Man well yeah but that's because I didn't know about Matt Murdock until I'm you not, told me to do what you know did. I'm saying the people we were with yeah but don't, you don't need to discuss this it's not an explanation either. I'm just saying the people in that crowd yeah. were definitely more surprised that Matt Murdock was in it than they were that Andrew Garfield turned up yeah I loved when Andrew Garfield turned up and they were trying to get him to crawl around on the scene <laughs> It was adorable. I've got a newfound appreciation for Andrew Garfield having watched Tick, Tick, Boom, in which he was very I, I, good. I don't know why as well. Like, they introduced Garfield first. I think they wanted Maguire to be a build-up. Like, oh, is he, is he good? But, like, I think he oh, meant Maguire. He? Like, well, of course he is. Well, yeah. I mean, we all knew they were both going to anyway because everybody's fucking ruined it. But they introduced it, Garfield as Spider-Man as well. Like, you see a new Spider-Man. You're yeah. like, oh, I'm Texas Math. Tom Maguire turns up dressed like a, a youth pastor, as he's referred to <laughs> in the film. Like... Yeah. That's it. Not, I thought that was a slightly odd choice. Oh, I, I, quite, I quite liked that. I felt like it was more of a build-up to yeah, Maguire. But, um, weird. A little bit weird. Yeah. Oh, Willem Dafoe, man. What a guy. He's good, isn't he? I don't do this. What? People this week were acting like, you know Willem Dafoe's a good actor. I'm like, oh, no, I've always known no, he's a good actor. Come not... on, fuck off, guys. Like, fuck off. Look, he was the one thing I actually genuinely liked about Lighthouse, which is a movie I thought was One like thing about weird. one of the best films ever made. It's not, though, is it? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Look, let's not start this because we're talking about No Way Home and how great it was to see Willem Dafoe. Apparently, he did a lot of his own stunts and stuff because he was like, "If I'm coming back, I'm doing it properly." I've heard that some of the ropiness about Thomas Hayden Church is because he, he wasn't on set because of COVID restrictions. Oh, so that's why he was mostly Sandman. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that does make sense. And then he looked ropey as hell at the end when he yeah. got turned back into human. I really liked the message of the film as well. Like I know, I know it's a bit cheesy to be like, "Oh, be kind and stuff," but like the idea of like curing rather than killing but that, was nice. Yeah, that's always been Spider-Man thing, isn't it? Really? It, yeah, it felt true to Spider completely. I, yeah, I just, I just love these Spider-Man. I feel it's like not about being kind either. It's just not. No, it's about people. just not doing a bad <laughs> yeah. yeah, loved it absolutely. I would literally, I would see it again right now if it wasn't for Omicron and the fact that I'm now scared of cinemas. I think it's very good that we got in there on the first day. Yeah. Before Omicron really went bananas, otherwise uh, I don't think I'd have gone. No, but it was bananas. it was well, it was less bananas than it is now. It doubled in like four days. He was doing that anyway. <sighs> so yeah, those were our top five movies of 2021. What a year! What a year it's been. <laughs> I mean, this is the also point shout the... out. I think oh, yeah. this year I saw the worst film I've ever seen in my life. Girl in the Basement. Yep. Girl in the Basement. Hey, if you want to uh, completely avoid a film... If you want to see a film based on the Joseph Fritzl stuff, but made like a Lifetime Hallmark-style movie, watch Girl in the Basement. If you want to see a film like that, have your head checked well, as well. Well, yeah, don't watch films don't, and please just, don't just do it. give up on society. We saw a lot of shit films. Like, according to my letterbox, I've seen about 103 films this year. And I think you have to scroll all the way down to like number 50 to get to the two and a half stars. I think... <laughs> I think of a good 10, 15 films are like one, one star or less for me this year. Yeah. That has been a lot There's of There's been crap. some shit films. But Girl in the Basement really, like, just the fact that just, it exists astounds me. I think you might have just... We saw that one film on Amazon Prime that was only the least watched film on Letterboxd, so we watched it. Oh, that, it was, was bl- it Intuit? Intuit, there you go. Made by someone with a phone camera blatantly. Yeah. No one has ever had control of the lines. It was better than Girl in the Basement. It was better than Girl in the Basement. Because at least Girl in the Basement... Yeah, at least into it was just some idiot. Yeah. 
Making Girl in the Basement was a properly made film. We've got proper actors in. Like Judd Nelson's like anyway. It's weird, but just don't just, just just avoid that like the plague. That's a saying that doesn't make any sense anymore. But <laughs> no, people don't avoid the plague. People they don't run do fucking head first and protest against it. This is the part of the show where usually we'd say something like, "Oh, have a great Christmas and a happy New Year," and like maybe no, it still, should be better. please do those things. I was going to say, yeah, if we <laughs> do have a really good Christmas, whatever you're doing and whatever you're celebrating or not celebrating, be kind to yourself. Do some self nice self care. Have a little break if you can from work or whatever you do. Have a lovely time. And if we are back in lockdown at New Year's, have an alright one of them as well. Uh, <laughs> like I really do hope that next year's not as terrible. I'm not banking on it. I'm not banking on it, but I'm crossing all my crossable appendages. And um hey, even if it is shit, at least I'll be here talking bollocks every month for you to listen to. And everybody loves um, hearing me I'm talking I'm going to eat bollocks. some frazzles, I think. You're going to eat some frazzles? Yeah. I'm going to have a drink because I've got a dry throat because I poured myself a very small, a meagre portion of Fanta at the start do. of the you show. You need that Vimto, that's the problem. Yeah. Vimto, the drink of You podcast. can probably, I'll keep going accidentally because my mouth's so claggy and dry. Sure. Um, but yeah, have a lovely, did you just say boo? I didn't say boo. You sure you didn't say boo? I thought I heard you say boo. Uh, have a lovely everything. I love you. Happy New Year and um, be safe. Get vaccinated if you can. Get boosted if you can. And um, oh, don't say get boosted. <laughs> get boosted now, hula hoops. And um, yeah, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Boop. Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour. Send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com. Or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah!